Well, today, if you've, if you've been joining us uh, for the last few weeks, I've been in a sermon series called Five Habits of a Healthy, Holy Heart. And uh, today, I want to wrap up that series. We started a few weeks ago, and I was asking the question, God, what, what are the habits that if we could do these things, they would really allow you to work in a deeper way in our life? Um, my thought was, you know, a lot of times when we, you know, we, we come to church or we make a commitment to Christ, uh, we're told, you need to read your Bible, you need to, you know, you need to pray, you need to go to church, you need to give, you need to kind of do some of these kinds of things. Um, but the question I was asking are, what, what do I really see that are the habits that really help people go beyond the surface to places in their life where God really wants to work? And uh, I started looking at some practices that I think are, are, are really, really helpful. And um, I started off talking about the habit of humility and just how important it is that each day we come before God and we say, I need you. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that gets us in trouble is the day that we think, you know, we can do this all by ourselves. The Bible says that pride goes before what? the fall. How many of you have said, I'm a personal testimony to that? I've, I've done that. Yeah. And so the, the habit of humility is just that acknowledgement every day that, God, I need you. I can do all things, but I can only do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Then we, then we talked about the habit of confession and just how important it is that we constantly empty our heart before God. That we talk honestly to God about the things that are tempting us. That we talk honestly to God about the, the places in our life that we see we're, we're slipping or failing or not living up to who he wants us to be and how we don't want to allow that stuff to, to grow and, and, and get, you know, get rooted in there, that we want to empty that. So that habit of confession, how important that is. The third one was one I, I know that really challenged a lot of people. I got a lot of feedback from people on the, 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 the habit of forgiving you know, just being able to routinely and regularly forgive the people in our lives who have wounded us or are wounding us. And again, uh, how important that is to God. It, it, remember, we, we talked about the fact that, you know, sometimes we think that this relationship here is just about me and God, but Jesus says that it's not. It's about me and God and me and others. Um, in fact, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, and the second one is equally important. And what was that one, church? To love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, how many of you are like me and you've discovered it's a lot easier to love God than some of the people around you? <laughs> you've been there? Yeah. But that's, it's so important to God because God, God dispenses such incredible grace to us can you imagine how appalling it is to God after he's forgiven us all of this that we hold on to such petty things that other people do? I mean, that's why Jesus, when he was teaching us how to pray, said, you know, and Lord, forgive me, forgive me, I trespasses us, our trespasses. How? As we forgive those who trespass against us. And in Matthew 6, Jesus says some of the most firm words that are spoken in the New Testament and he says, you know what? If you forgive your brother his sins, then your heavenly father will forgive you your sins. Listen to this. But he says, but if you will not forgive your brother his sins, then neither will your heavenly father forgive you. Now, that, that is a, a striking statement. 
And, and, and it, it reminds us that, you know what, grace flowing through us is really, really important to God. And then last week, I talked about the, uh, the habit of reflection. And I shared the verse from Psalm 139, search me, O Lord, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any wicked thing in me, and, and then lead me on your way of everlasting. And I talked about this, this habit that we need to develop where we, where we come before God and we say, Lord, help me see me like you see me. Help me, to, help me to get a perspective of myself that you see, uh, and, and opening ourselves up to the examination of God and just how critical that is. Today, I, I want to end on one that you may think is, is, it seems like kind of a funny habit, but here's what I can tell you. Those of you who practice this habit well, you understand the power of it. For those of us who don't, I hope I can help you learn the power of this. And here's the habit. It's the habit of praise. It's the habit of praise. Do you understand how powerful praise is? Now, think this thought with me for a second. You know, for decades now, uh, scientists and sociologists have understood that people who are optimistic are healthier than people who are not. It, they, they've done, all the studies will show that people who think positively about life and about take a, a positive perspective of the life around them, they, they're healthier, they live longer, their stress is lower, uh, they are better in relationships with the rest. I mean, the, the, the world gets this, and that's why you see so much about the power of positive thinking. But isn't this the truth? Out of all of the world, who should be the most positive people on this planet? It should be us. I mean, we get all of this in heaven too. I think that's a pretty good deal. Amen? I think that's a pretty good deal. And in fact, over and over in Scripture, it talks about this, this power of praise, that when we praise God, incredible things begin to happen in our life. It has such incredible effects on us. And that's what I want, to, I want to talk about this morning. Now, let me start with this. Praise is a choice. Praise is a choice. Say that out loud with me. Praise is a choice. One more time. Praise is a choice. Now, why that's so important is I, I want you to understand that praise has nothing to do with your frame of mind in the moment. It has nothing to do with your energy level. It doesn't have anything. Praise is a choice. Ready? Take your sermon outline. Let's go. I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got, this is a series. This really isn't a sermon. And uh, I decided I got to, I've got to really move to get through this. I only have an hour and a half to preach this morning. So let me, let me, let me get to, you guys are leaving after 30 minutes, but I got to take me longer than that. I want to talk about the habit of praise. Look at our verse. This is a verse I want, I want us to get from Psalm 34, verse one. Would you read this out loud with me? I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Now look at me for a second. Does that define you? Do you praise the Lord, listen very carefully, at all times? Are you a person who is constantly praising God? Because here's what I can tell you. If that verse fits you, you're happier than the rest of us. You're healthier than the rest of us. Your relationship, God, is more fulfilling than the rest of us. Praise has an incredible effect upon us. 
And I want to challenge you this morning to embrace praise as one of those healthy, holy habits of the heart. Okay? Here we go. I want to give you this morning five things that praise can do for you if you'll embrace it. You ready? Here we go. First one's this. Praise helps us to develop a higher perspective. Praise helps us to develop a higher perspective. Um, there was a, 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 something I saw in the news this week that I, that I thought was, I was pretty cool. Have you seen the, the wildfires and stuff that have been going on out in Oregon and all that stuff, and they've been trying to contain it? I thought this was really interesting. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. This is an aerial shot. It's actually a picture that taken, was taken from the International Space Station uh, of the area where the fires are occurring. And here, here, was, here was what was going on. They realized that as they were battling these fires, uh, because it, it's right there in front of them, they could not get a sense of where, is the, where are the hot spots. Where are the places that if we can attack this, we have the best chance of really controlling this fire? Because it's right there. They're kind of blinded by the smoke. They're blinded by the fire. They can't get a perspective. And so they came up with this incredible idea. They have on the, on the International Space Station an instrument that actually measures the surface temperatures. And so they decided to put it over, over where those fires were, and they began to take pictures that would show the firefighters where the hot spots were and how they could best attack this fire that they were dealing with. Throw that next picture up on the screen. You can kind of see the different, the different shots of it that where it was showing these hot spots were, 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 were popping up. When I saw this, I thought, this, this is what praise does for us. Have you ever been in the midst of, of problems or circumstances or struggle? Have you ever had your heart so filled with fear or anxiety? It's like, this is all you can see. This is all, you know, you're dealing with a problem and it's kind of you get blinded and, and you get paralyzed. You don't know where to start. You don't know what to do. And you think, man, how am I going to deal with this? Well, praise, praise kind of shakes us out of this moment that we're in and it lifts us to a higher perspective so that we can begin to get a little bit of a glimpse of what God is seeing so that God can direct us on what really is the best way to deal with this. I love how Paul says it in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. Read this out loud with me. He says, And God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Think that thought with me. He lifts us up. He seats us with Jesus. Can, could you agree with me? This world looks very different when you see it from a heavenly perspective. And God doesn't see your problems the way you see your problems. And so what praise does, praise kind of lifts us up and begins to give us a bit of the perspective from which God sees things. That gives him, if you can get this, that gives God the ability to direct us in what we need to do. Praise does that. Number two, this will be really helpful for many of you. Praise helps us take charge of our minds and emotions. Praise helps us take charge of our minds and emotions. Come on, it, it, it's just us. We can be honest. How many of you would be honest enough to admit that you tend to be a worry wart? Yeah, yeah. It, isn't it interesting how problems or circumstances of life 
can begin to capture our minds. And isn't this what happens? Uh, something comes up, and all of a sudden we're focusing on that issue, or that problem, whatever it is. And then the more we stare at that problem, we begin to catastrophize. We begin to say, oh, oh, if this happens, then this is going to happen. And if that happens, this is going to happen. And if that happens, then this is going to happen. And oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You know? And, and before we know it, man, we're curled up in a fetal position in a corner somewhere, afraid of things that haven't even happened yet. Why? Because we allowed our mind and our emotions to take us there. Can anybody relate to this? I mean, my mother was like this. My mother could worry, man, she could worry the wallpaper right off the wall. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just, it's just how some people's mind goes. And you go, but Pastor Steve, that's just how I'm wired. No, 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 it's not. You may have propensities or tendencies in that direction, but here's the deal. Praise can help you with this. I put this statement on your outline. I heard this from my college professor, and it always stuck with me. It says, you act your way into feelings, not feel your way into actions. Let me say that again. You act your way into feelings, you don't feel your way into actions. Often, when we talk about praising God, many of us, maybe even most of us, we don't praise God until we feel like praising God. But what if you chose to praise God even when you didn't feel like it? Here's the deal. I'll bet for a lot of you, your feelings would begin to change. In fact, I know some of you can relate to this. How many of you have ever woken up on a Sunday morning and not wanted to go to church. I did. <laughs> Nearly every Sunday. <laughs> you know. But how many of you would be honest enough to testify that there have been times you got up, you didn't want to go, maybe you had a bad week, maybe you were depressed, maybe you had some things that go wrong, maybe you were mad at God because you found out you couldn't control him. And, and you woke up on a Sunday morning and the idea of going to church and you just wanted to stay in bed, but... That particular day, you made yourself do what you didn't want to do, and you got yourself up, and you got dressed, and you came to church, and somewhere during the morning while you were at church, all of a sudden, you started feeling better. How many of you have ever had that happen? There you go. Look at the hands. Yeah. What happened? What am I talking about? You didn't allow yourself to feel to act. You acted, and guess what happened? You began to feel. That's the power of praise. What happened? Instead of sitting at home in the dark by yourself, focusing on your problems, focusing on yourself, focusing on how, how bad life is, you got your mind fixed on the things of God, and guess what began to happen? Your heart began to get lighter, and your attitude became more positive. That's the way it works. Now, there's a, a great story in Acts chapter 16 of uh, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, and his friend Silas, who were they, were, they were doing some preaching, and they were doing some ministry, and they, they encountered a slave girl who uh, the Bible describes as being possessed by a demon, and she was like a fortune teller, and she was, you know, kind of doing all this, and she was kind of annoying Paul and Silas a bit, and they, they turned, and they cast this demon out of her, if you remember the story. And the guy who owned her as a slave, he used to make money out of her fortune telling. And he got really mad, turned Paul and Silas into the officials. And so Paul and Silas end up in jail. Now, think this thought with me. God has called you to preach. God has empowered you to do wonderful works. You cast a demon out of a woman. And for that, you end up in jail. Now, come on, just us. 
How many of you are going to be a little bit peeved by that? Come on. You know, you're going to be a little, you know, why is this happening to me? You know, why, why, are, they, why are they doing this to me? Why, why did they arrest me? Why didn't they arrest Wanda? It's her fault. You know, why, why didn't they, you know, what? And we, and we want to, you know, we, we go through this or, or we begin to go, you know, God, I can't believe this. We start getting mad at God. God, how could you do this? I'm just doing what you told me to do. And then this is how you repay. Some of us would have been sitting in jail and we would have been, we would have been mad. We would have been frustrated. We would have been depressed. We would have been crying in a corner somewhere. But if you read Acts 16, this is so cool. You go to Paul and Silas. Anybody remember what Paul and Silas were doing? They were singing. It's midnight in this jail. And the Bible says that Paul and Silas were singing praises to God and praying out loud. And all these other prisoners were listening. And in the midst of that praise service that Paul and Silas were having, an earthquake happens. The jail doors fly open. But Paul and Silas don't even leave. They stay there till the jailer comes back. The jailer's freaking out. They take the jailer under his wing and lead him to Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, there is incredible power in praise. So many of us are slaves to our minds and our emotions. And your life is going to struggle until you learn how to take control of that. Paul wrote this, you know, Paul understood this. He was in a jail uh, in either Ephesus or Rome when he wrote his letter to the Philippians. In Philippians 4.8, look at, look at what he says. Read it out loud with me. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, just look at that verse and ask me, answer the question in your own heart. Was that what you thought about last week? Because if you focused your mind, like Paul said, Paul said, yeah, I'm in jail, but you know what? Fix your mind on, on these other things. Don't let your mind take you. You take control of it. I put the statement on your outline. Master your thoughts and emotions, or here's what I can tell you. They will master you. That's just the way it is. Let me give you a third, a, a, a third one. Praise keeps our hearts filled with gratitude. Praise keeps our hearts filled with gratitude. Bless you. You know, there is not a day, I don't know how you're wired, but there, there is not a day that I wake up that I am not aware that I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve any good gift that God has given to me. Um, when I look at, at my life and I look at all that God has done in me and allowed me to be a part of, my heart melts because I, I don't deserve this. And, and when you allow gratitude to flow up in your heart, it does so many wonderful things. Um, I, I love how Paul, Paul framed it when, in Psalm 100. Read it out loud with me. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. And praise 
his name. You know, when we, when we praise God and, and we really lean into that and we begin to thank him for all that he's done and all these are and, and all these things that he has, he's shown up, ways that he has shown up in our life, gratitude begins to well up. And gratitude does so much. I saw this quote I loved it. Throw it up on the screen for me. It says, gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but it's the parent of all others. I started thinking about in, in my 40 years of ministry, the people I've known and who are the people that just seem to radiate with God. And can I tell you this? They're the people that I see their lives overflow with gratitude. They, they may be going through all kinds of struggles. They may be people who have suffered many things, but for some reason, they've leaned into praise and their lives are filled with gratitude. Gratitude gives birth to humility. Gratitude gives birth to humility. When I thank God for who he is and what he's done, that's when I become very aware I'm not worthy of any of this. And it humbles my heart before him. Um, I, I, I resonate. I don't know if you've ever read Isaiah 6. Uh, Isaiah 6 is where Isaiah says, in the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. And he was high and lifted up. And Isaiah said, he said, you know what? When I got a glimpse of who God is, when I got a glimpse of all that he was, he goes, I realized something. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Man, it just, it just totally humbles your heart. Gratitude gives birth to contentment. Gratitude gives birth to contentment. I read a statement by James Emery White, a pastor down south that I, I love. James Emery White said, the truly rich are satisfied with what they have, no matter how little. The truly poor are people who are dissatisfied with what they have, no matter how much. No matter how much. Gratitude gives birth to joy. Gratitude gives birth to joy. Just look at me for a second. I just want you to hear my heart. If, if you were to ask me, what do you think the biggest problem is with the church in America? I would tell you that we've lost our sense of gratitude. It, it's so interesting to me, um, if you talk to people like John and Gwen, who are ministering in Africa or, or the people in our church who have served in other countries and other places, they would tell you this. We, the church here in America, are blessed beyond what we could ever imagine. And yet, here's what I know. Even with all of our blessings, the Christians in America are some of the most complaining people in the world. And it shouldn't be that way. If there is a group of people anywhere who ought to wake up every day and their hearts ought to be just overflowing with what God has done, it ought to be us. Does this make sense to you? Gratitude, it gives birth to joy. Gratitude also, or praise also, reminds us that God is in charge. When we praise God, it reminds us that he is in charge. How many control freaks do we have here today? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Somebody say, you're not controlling me. How many of you are sitting next to a control freak? Yeah. There you go. 
it's so interesting how we struggle so much with the realization that there's very little that we actually have control over. And one of the, one of the great things about praise is that praise reminds us we're not in charge. I don't have to be in charge. It's, it's not me. There is very little that I can actually have control of, but I serve a God who is in charge. Amen? I serve a God who is. When I think about who God is and what he can do and what I've seen him do in the past, that, you know what? All of a sudden, I can let go and say, you know what, God? You don't, I, don't, I don't have to be in control because I know you've got this. You've got this. When we sing that song, he holds the whole world in his hands. Do you believe he holds you? Because if you really believe that, then it causes you to operate differently in this world. I, I love the passage of scripture from Psalm 24.1. Read it with me, church. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to the world and all its people belong to, belong to who? Okay. Now stop. Look at me. So stop trying to control these people in your world. Let them go. Give them to God. He's in charge. Some of us are making ourselves neurotics over things that we have no power over. The earth is the Lord's. Amen. Praise reminds us of that. I, I was thinking of when I was writing that point and I was processing it, I, I started thinking about um, just how reminding myself even as a pastor, man, when we hit COVID and you know, everything started going sideways and we had no idea you know, where everything was going to go or what was going to happen, can I tell you how freeing it is as a pastor to say, God, this isn't my church, this is your church. I, I can't control the pandemic I can't control how my people are going to respond to the pandemic. I can't control any of this stuff. And, and can I just tell you that when you're able to place those things in the hand of God, it, it sets your heart free and it helps you to experience true peace. Um, I, I love this old song that we used to sing when I was a kid, a hymn growing up. Throw, this, throw it up on the screen for me. That old song, it says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And when you do, the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. And all God's people said, amen. Let me give you one more, and this is really important too. Praise keeps us pointed toward our destiny. Praise keeps us pointed toward our destiny. Sometimes we get so caught up in these fires I talked about that we, we fight that we forget, you know what, this isn't going to be around forever. Um, there, I have a destiny that's not a part of this. Um, and it's important to remember, I put this on your outline, that, that praise, praise flows from what we believe, not what we see. So can you, can you praise God when, when it feels like it's all come, crumbling, crumbling down? Can, can you praise God then? If you can, then what happens is that praise begins to remind you, this is not your destiny. Hear me. Look at, my, look at me. Hear my heart. I love being here in America. I really do. But my citizenship is not here. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm just passing through. 
I'm here in America for a number of years, but then you know what? My eternity is going to be with God. And that's a perspective you got to have. Paul said, if we don't have this hope of eternity and a resurrection, then we are among men to be most pitied. Because, baby, if I'm counting on the government to make, clean up this mess, if I'm, if I'm going to count on this world to fix itself, then you're going to be frustrated. I'm going to be frustrated because it's not. You've read the book. You've read the end of the book. You know what happened. We aren't a part of this world. This is not our home. And the day we get that, man, when we, when we sing those old songs, baby, I'll fly away, you know, and every, any Monday morning, Lord, you can take me on, I guarantee you. You know, when we begin to praise God and remind ourselves of that, we stop getting lost in these circumstances. Come on, you guys are just like me. You turn on the news and you watch what's going on in the world and you're going, holy cow, what's all of this coming to? Look at me. You know what it's coming to. But you know where you're going. Amen? That changes everything. I love what Paul said in Corinthians. He said, For our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. Read it with me, church. So we don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Look at me. Do you believe that? Because that understanding changes even how you face death, maybe especially how you face death. I was reading um, on Facebook yesterday, a friend of mine made a post that was from a, another friend. But they were sharing their story um, that had just happened. Of They got the call that, this woman got the call that her husband and the, the father of her children um, was dying in the hospital. And here's what she said. She said, at 5 p.m., we got a call from the hospital to come quickly. And so my two sons and I um, were there, and we were allowed to be with Tom. She said, I went to Tom's bedside and I, I put my hand on his forehead and I sang. And she sang these words, my heart can sing when I pause to remember. A heartache here is just a stepping stone along the trail that's always winding upward. This troubled world is not my final home. But until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy, I'll carry on. Until the day my eyes see the city, until the day God calls me home. She said, shortly after I started the second verse, the monitor, monitor beeped and let everyone know that Tom's heart had stopped beating. After the two nurses had verified that his heart had stopped, they said we could take our time and be in the room to process this and close the door. And so my kids and I spent some time hugging and weeping. 
And then Aaron took the guitar that he had borrowed from someone. And we began to sing the song, that Our God is a Waymaker. <laughs> that was the song that Tom had shown an emotional response to just two days before. We sat, we prayed together, we sang together. I am grateful. Praise changes how you see this world. Praise especially changes how you see the next. Amen. I decided when um, I was working on this message that I, I wanted to end a little, a little differently today. And today, uh, as, we, as we close out, I want to I praise God. I don't know um, what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing in your life. I don't know what the week ahead holds for you. This is what I do know. Praise will help you. Praise will change your perspective. Praise will help you focus your mind on faith instead of fear. Praise will help your heart begin to become grateful again. Praise will remind you that you're not in charge. You don't have to be. God is. And praise will help you remember, look at me, you're just passing through. In all things, we can praise our God. Lord, that is the declaration of our hearts today, that nothing we have compares to who you are. Lord, regardless of what we're going through, regardless of what we're facing, regardless of the week behind us, regardless of how we're feeling today, thank you that we have the ability to choose to praise you at all times, constantly, in any situation. Lord, my prayer for us this week is that we would be a people of praise, that we wouldn't let the circumstances around us determine whether we praise you or not, but that we would praise you regardless of what we're going through because there is power in praise. Father, we love you today. If you never opened the hand of blessing to us one more time, you have already given us more than we've ever deserved. May we praise you every day from the bottom of our hearts. These things we pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen, amen. 